All right, <clears throat> so uh, like he said, my name is Kagan. Um, so Nick asked me at the beginning of the summer uh, to come up here and help preach through the, the book of Ephesians. And uh, truly, I'm honored to be able to do this again. I think this is my third time uh, getting to do this. And, and again, that's not because of anything I do. It's because God um, likes to work through people like us. So I'm very excited about that tonight. But we're going to be going into Ephesians 5 tonight. Um, and we're going to be going to verses 22 to 33. So uh, I'd probably be a good point to say that's probably a good time to open your Bibles to get there. Yeah, I uh, had that written in, got rid of it. So um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but anyway, so as you're turning there, before we get to the actual uh, reading tonight, I want to talk to you all about um, how God likes to illustrate uh, lessons we need to learn and apply through pictures um, that are relatable to things that we know. Um, the Bible is truly, truly the greatest picture book in the universe. And what's crazy is, there's not any pictures in there. There's not one, not even a single one. Unless you have a fancy Bible with all those little maps in the back, then you're, you're really stepping it up. Um, but yeah, but God speaks through pictures for a reason. Um, he wants us to be able to see the bigger picture uh, through the illustrations he lays out in his word. So what I want us to do tonight is, is to open our eyes in the word of God and see what he will show us from this passage of scripture. Um, so let's go ahead and read these 11 verses. Um, <laughs> so wives, it says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and, and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever hated uh, his own flesh, but nourish, nourisheth and cherisheth it, uh, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. For this cause shall man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Um, yeah, so uh, now that we've read these verses, I think it's uh, just honorable enough to, to take a time of prayer to ask God to open our eyes uh, to the pictures that he wants us to see through his word. We're going to pray. Um, Lord, thank you so much uh, for bringing us all here tonight, um, for bringing us as a, as a congregation together to be able to hear what you have to say. Um, and truly, God, uh, thank you for, for all the pictures that you have in this book of yours that, that you inspired through your word. Um, and thank you, Lord, for making those pictures ones that we can understand. Uh, so long as we're saved, Lord, we, we know that you... You show us things through your spirit and, and help us learn so we can apply those to our lives. And I ask, Lord, tonight that as we, as we go into the study, that if, if any hearts are pricked to want to change or to, to acknowledge something different, Lord, that, that you make that ever so clear. Um, but we love you, Lord. Yes, in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so like I said earlier, God likes to illustrate lessons through his word. So we are going to look at what God is picturing for us when it comes to the roles of a husband and a wife as they relate to Christ and the church. 
So when I first started my study uh, <laughs> with this, I thought I was literally going to break down the roles of a husband and wife um, to you all, but just taking a general glance around the room, that might disqualify a lot of y'all since you're not married. So um, instead, I decided to look at the, into the bigger picture of what God uh, is saying in these verses. So for our first point tonight, we're going to be looking at verses 22 through 24. Uh, which say, Wives, submit yourselves unto your husband as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So God paints a beautiful picture in these verses on biblical submission, or what we're going to look at is submitting to authority. So that's actually your first point tonight, is uh, submitting to authority. Which also, they didn't leave blanks on there, did they? So... All right, there you go. You know what, you know what everything is. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we're looking at some to authority. Um, so let's go ahead and dive into the picture, uh, what is in the picture here in the first few verses. So the first verse is a direct commandment from the Lord uh, for how a wife is supposed to work with her husband. God is not saying this because he thinks that, or thinks women should just blindly submit, uh, but rather he tells women to do this so that they will be able to display a picture of the church's relationship to Christ. So when it comes to the church, there is nothing, absolutely nothing a building or a body can do unless Christ is in control of the operations. We know from Philippians 4.13, where Paul says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So we have to see that tonight in our passage, or in this passage tonight. Uh, in the verse, verses where it says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and the Savior of the body, we see that the husband pictures Christ and the wife is to submit to the authority of her husband because he also is a picture. So a successful church is a church that follows Christ and follows him in everything. Um, looking at verse 24, where it says, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so that the wives be to their own husbands in everything. We see the words separated, everything, not, not together everything, right? So when it comes to, uh, it comes to following your husband, you have to follow him in everything. That means everything, even the little things. Um, but, this, but, but what I'm saying, that this pulls back to the, the picture. When it comes to, to Christ, uh, we do not just submit to some things, he says, right? We have to submit to everything, he says. If we pick and choose uh, what we listen to uh, when it comes to Christ, we run into the problem of disobedience. Um, when, or we have to heart we have to hearken diligently um, unto the Lord in everything that he has commanded us. So Deuteronomy 28.1 says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Now the last part is more of a Jewish context, um, but God does make a direct commandment in there, right? He, or here, that can be applied to our understanding of Christian life today, which is that we, or which is that if God commands us to do something, we need to observe and do what He has commanded. So the picture, the picture is for wives, but truly this also applies to all of us today as Christians. Um, we are considered the bride of Christ in the Bible, and for you men in here that think that this does not apply to you, I want to remind or want you to remember that submitting to authority also applies to you as well. So one thing I also want to clarify before we move to the next point, there's a couple things actually, but, um, but anyways, but submitting, 
Submitting has gotten a pretty bad reputation in our world today. Um, and so has authority, honestly. So the world has this funny way of taking words from the Bible and sticking them, that, words from the Bible that are pure and good, sticking them in a blender and then making them come out ugly and negative, right? But what we know is that God's word is perfect and without error. So Psalms 12.6 says, The word of the Lord, or the words of the Lord, are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of the earth, purified seven times. I think it's important for us tonight to define the word submit. So according to Webster's 1828, and for some UMTT students in here, you might know why we do that, but that guy who made Webster's 1828, he did a lot of it, or he did everything defined from the Bible at that time, the KJV, so not just a weird outside source. Um, Anyway, but he defined it as, or Webster's defined it as, uh, submit is to yield, resign, or surrender to power, or to the power, will, or authority of another. And if you're looking for some examples of the word submit, uh, I would encourage you to do a word study on this, uh, but for, co- for time constraints, truly, um, I'm, gonna be, uh, I'm just going to give you one example from the Bible uh, where it fits. So 1 Peter 2.13 says, Submit yourselves to every, authority, or every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, and it continues on from there, but we, we see in this verse is that we're, sub- we're, su- yeah, we're to submit ourselves um, to the ordinance of man, not for our sake, right? But we're supposed to do it for the Lord's sake. This also applies to the verse tonight because God is asking the wives to submit to their husbands, and it applies to all of us because we need to submit ourselves to the Lord. So there's also um, one other thing I, would, uh, I want for you ladies in the room uh, that are married to remember. So if you are married, this, this does apply directly to you. But if you are married to a man that is not walking with the Lord, uh, there is still hope to be had, right? So in First Peter 3, 1 through 2, it says, Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husband, husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may be without the word, won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. So what this verse is explaining is that if your husband is not following the Lord, you can help him uh, by showing biblical submission to his, to his authority, but also still following Christ with your life and your way of being in the world uh, through Christ. And again, I, I know it comes from a guy, but I won't stand up here and say it's easy. Um, but God, God's word should give you comfort in this area uh, if you're willing to submit to what he says and then follow it. All right, so a little hard shift here, but now we're going to talk about the, uh, the fellows' verses uh, in this room. So, or in this scripture here. So, uh, looking at verses uh, 25 to 30, we, uh, we will see also another commandment followed by a picture showing the importance of this commandment. So, verses 25 to 30 say, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it by the washing water of the, by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. So the commandment we see here is for husbands to love their wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So we see a commandment for sacrificial love, uh, which will be your next point. All right, I guess I'm giving you guys time to fill these in. You don't have to do that. 
There we go. (laughs) Okay, here we go. So anyway, let's go ahead and dive into that picture then, okay? Um, So again, uh, as we've already seen, uh, the wife pictures the church in the previous verses, but now we get to see uh, the husband as the picture of Christ in his marriage. So just in case you all forgot, Jesus Christ Christ made the ultimate sacrifice for us all uh, as Christians today. So he came down to earth, he humbled himself in, in the form of an infant child, lived a perfect sinless life, and then died on a cross where he was buried for three days and rose again for the remission of our sins and for us to receive salvation through belief in him. So Christ had to make a lot of sacrifices to make sure uh, we are all taken care of uh, for eternity. Husbands and future husbands in the room here, um, if you think this is a small task, you are wrong. Uh, I, encourage you, I encourage you to read more in the Gospels to see just what sacrificing looks like when it comes to Christ. Um, just one example I will give you from outside the Gospels um, to help you understand what sacrificial love looks like is Isaiah 53, which is a messianic, or messianic prophecy that describes Christ. So Isaiah 53, 3-5 says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. And he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he, this is the part right here, so surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, but with, and, and with his stripes we were healed. Guys, what Christ did for all of us, again, was no small thing. You know, uh, you know what he is commanding the husbands to do in this verse. He is commanding the husbands to give himself, or to, he's commanding the husband to give himself just like he did when he was here on earth. So when it comes to sacrificial love, we need to embody the person and characteristics of Christ so that we can love the way that he loves. The Bible also gives a reason as to why we need to be sacrificial in our love, but again, he states it through the picture of Christ's love for the church. In verses 26 through 27, Christ wants us to sanctify or separate his church from sin. Um, or sanctify his church, right? And then he wants to cleanse his church. He wants to do this through the washing water by the word. Christ is telling you that he can help you in this endeavor of love through his word, but you have to be willing to read it. And God knows his word is important. In Psalm 138.2, he says, I will worship toward thy, ho- or toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And that's the part I wanted us to focus in right there, that God holds his word even higher than his name himself. So I think he thinks it's pretty important. Amen? Yep. Um, all right, so if any of you all have been coming here for any length of time, you have probably uh, heard us say a million times how important the Word of God is. And we say that because we know that the Word is the ultimate prescription answer for all questions in life. We also know that the Bible is the only real way to learn what love is and how we can truly love others. In verse 27, we see what the power of God's Word can do for a husband when it comes to his wife and with, uh, with Christ in the church. So like Christ, we should want to present our spouse as a glorious church that has nothing wrong with it, but rather that it is perfect. 
But this, all, but this only happens when we abide by God's word and his instruction uh, for how we should, uh, should walk in this world. Going all the way back to the Old Testament, uh, we see that when sacrifices were made unto the Lord, they were with animals without blemish or spot. So just one example uh, to look at is Leviticus 1.10, uh, which says, and if, his, and if his offering be of the flock, namely of the sheep or of the goats, for a burnt sacrifice, he shall bring it uh, a male without blemish. And then going into verse 13 in that same chapter, um, we see that it is, it is defined as a sweet savor unto the Lord when we sacrifice like this for him, or when a sacrifice like this is made for him. Guys, that's what we all should be striving for in here. Uh, we should want to offer a sweet savor unto the Lord, and this is, this is just one of the ways we can do it. So I just want you all to think about that for a minute. And if you're married, that's, that's your duty. That's your duty to, to present your wife without blemish, without spot. So it's a sweet savor unto the Lord. Um, but now I also want to take a second here and apply this to the single people in here, right? So you as a single person should also be striving to present your body as a living sacrifice unto the Lord. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's not too much to ask is what God's saying. It's your reasonable service, what he did for you. But it keeps going. And be not conformed to this world, and be ye transformed, or but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So God is making the point that you, per, or that you personally are to do this uh, for yourself as well. He wants you to not be conformed to this world because the world does not actually have your best interests in hand. If you guys remember at the beginning, I think of this year, last year, whatever it was, Troy said, what's the, what's the famous Troy saying? Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, but anyway, so to finish up this, uh, this point here, uh, we're going to look at 28 uh, and 30, or verses 28 and 30. So without reading these verses again, I just want to point out to you that God wants us to take this sacrificial love personally. God wants the husband to love his wife as if she were himself. He illustrates this beautifully when he says that the husband is to love his wife as much as he loves his own body. He goes further into this when he talks about there being no man that hates his own flesh, but rather he points out that a man, uh, that, the, that man will nourish and cherisheth, cherish his own, bo- or his own flesh. So we also have to nourish and cherish our wives, just like, just like Christ in the church. All right, so you single Christians need to remember that uh, as Christ is your bridegroom, he will also cherish and nourish you so long as you are submitting to him because Christ loves you and, that is, and that's why he died for you. Um, the Bible puts a great end to these verses uh, when he reiterates how Christ considers us as members or parts of his own body. Christ considers you, Christian, just as important as himself. And I say this because of the verse just preceding verse, or verses just preceding verse 30, where the Bible speaks on, on, on husbands loving, or on a husband loving his wife equal to himself, just like Christ loves us in this picture. All right, so moving on to the conclusion here, uh, we're going to look at the last three verses to tie it all together, all right? So in verses 31 to 32, we see something interesting being presented. We see the idea of a husband and a wife becoming one flesh. 
And to be quite honest with you all, it still doesn't make 100% sense to me. Um, it's also why he defines it as a great mystery. Um, but, uh, you know, as a married guy, I was thinking about this verse. I was like, you know, Marisa and me, one flesh, kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be kind of a weird one. I don't know. Thought to be. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, we're just going to skip past that. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> so in verse 32, uh, we see that God even acknowledges this is a great mystery, yet again. Uh, but he does take the time to say that he is speaking of Christ concerning the church. So what God is alluding to here is that one day, uh, we all will be of one flesh with Christ, ruling and reigning over, over everything. When the marriage happens between Christ and the church, we will be uh, with him for eternity. So in, Thessal- or in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16-17, it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we be with the Lord. When this happens, uh, this will be the complete fulfillment of all the pictures God has painted for, for us throughout his word as well. Um, yeah, so what this really comes down to is that God wants us all to be in a oneness with each other. God wants all of us to fulfill our roles in whatever situation or circumstance we are in. All right, finally, before we wrap up tonight, God leaves us with two commandments that sum up ev- or sum everything up uh, in this verse here, in these verses. So God, or yeah, so uh, in these, my gosh, okay. He wants husbands, thank you, to, uh, to love their wives as themselves and for wives to reverence or give respect to their husbands. Guys, I wish it was more complicated than that. Truly, I wish it was. It, it just says it in a couple of verses and sums it all together. But, um, but truly, the Lord makes things easy for us to understand. It's just us being stubborn at times and that complicates things. So... All right, so we're going we're gonna to end tonight uh, in a word of prayer, and then uh, we're going to break up into discussion groups after that. Yeah? Okay. Um, so yeah, so Lord, uh, thank you so much again uh, for, for just making the pictures clear. Um, truly, Lord, even without other verses from your, from your Bible, man, it's, it's straight up uh, what you're trying to say to us here. And, and God, I just want us to apply these things to our lives, to, to learn how to love each other and, and love you know, our future spouses and just future people that we are serving in with the ministry. Um, and truly, Lord, I love you for the fact that you can give guys like, like me and other guys the opportunity to, to take our broken vessels and, and you can use us to, to give your word out there. Um, but truly, Lord, um, we love you with all we have and, and we ask uh, that our, our group discussions tonight are, are fruitful and, and the lives can be changed. Um, but we love you, Lord. Amen.